Welcome to Here to Thrive. I'm your host, Kate Snowwise. This is a podcast for people who are ready to step up and live a happier life. It's for those of us who are dedicated to understanding ourselves and getting the best that we can out of this thing called life. It's a mix of psychology and modern spiritual thought, always with a focus on practical advice so that you can take it back and apply it to your own life. I don't believe we're here to merely survive. I truly believe we're here to thrive. So let's get going. Welcome to episode 17. Today I am going to talk to you about nourishing your soul and how I see self-care as a spiritual practice. Self-care to me is really about nourishing your soul. It's about reviving and restoring your spirit. And I believe those are the things that make us feel alive and healthy and happy and deeply fulfilled. So when we pay attention to sort of our soul needs or those yearnings from deep inside of us, then I believe we empower ourselves with more energy that we can give to all other parts of life. So if you've listened to my stress podcasts, which come a little bit earlier in the piece, this is the sort of spiritual extension of that. I touched in there about how important it is to fill up our wells and to give from our overflow. And as women, we're often not very good at doing that. And so this is really just taking a little bit more of a a spiritual leaning to why I think this works so well and why I think it is so vitally important to our sort of soul well-being to really partake in self-care. So in this podcast, I'm going to be touching on what nourishing your soul means, why self-care is not pampering, Identifying what it is that really lights you up. Also looking at what might be draining you at a soul level. I'm going to challenge you to be committed to prioritizing your well-being and giving yourself the time for self-care. And then I finally want to wrap up with talking about our energy and how we all understand that kind of energetic vibration we pick up from other people and how you can foster and support your own positive energy. So as I touched on in the opening, I really do believe that self-care is a spiritual practice and it's spiritual not in a religious sense or not in an honoring a God outside of you sense, but in honoring yourself and honoring the magical and eternal part inside of you. And that is how I make the link between self-care being a spiritual practice. I see it as food for our soul. So just like we talk about nourishing our bodies and feeding them with healthy food and 
working out to keep our bodies healthy and strong and fit. I see self-care as the spiritual and psychological version of that same kind of nourishment and care for your heart, mind, and soul. It's a vital part of what I believe keeps us feeling fulfilled and connected and happy. We need it. We need this. I often think about my connection with self-care and you may have heard me talk about it in my earlier podcast where I talk about my story, but I started off this business, Thrive.How, came out of a mummy blog that I had called Heart Home Happy. Well, it was a little bit of mummy blog. It was also psychology and spirit as well. Before I started that blog, I had strangely, I don't know how I managed to, but I had literally never followed a blogger and was very unaware about online business. And I can remember one day just really feeling pulled to write a post about this idea of loving ourselves and taking care of ourselves at this kind of heart-based level. And I'd literally never heard the phrase self-care. This was maybe two and a half, three years ago. And I came from a psychological background. So self-care really wasn't in the vernacular. It wasn't, I mean, as a phrase, I really hadn't heard it it around. And, And it's become increasingly popular in the last honestly, year and a half, I would say. So I had truly not come across it as a concept in and of itself. I'd read some books by psychologists like Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, and she talked about the idea of play, which I think is very similar to self-care. And she framed it as adults need play as much as children do. And she defines play not you know, is necessarily coloring, although that might be coloring or um, running around in a playground. But anything that we do purely for the joy out of doing it. You know, as adults, and especially in Western society, I believe we're very focused on outcomes and achievement. And we are not so focused on just doing things purely for the joy of it with no outcome except feeling good in the moment and that's what children are doing when they play there's no particular goal they are chasing and I think it's something we've forgotten about needing as adults and so Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and her research team referred to that as play. And I really do believe that's what we're now talking about when we are talking about self-care. We're talking about the things that we do just for joy. So anyway, coming back to my story. So I was writing this, this blog post and I was trying to pull these ideas together about really honoring ourselves and self-love. And and I can remember I was struggling with the title and I was going to talk about self-love. And then I decided in a strange way that I was thinking at the time that that sounded a little bit like it could refer to masturbation of all things. And so I went with self-care and I titled this blog post, I can't even remember, three things, three ways to show self-care or I have no idea 
But it was that time that I really felt like I tapped into this emerging space and importance that I think so many other people have latched onto in the last few years. And I do really think the tide is shifting and that we're becoming so much more conscious and aware about the importance of nourishing our spirits. So as I was saying, many people believe, not believe, many people automatically think of self-care as sort of physical pampering and sort of what are you doing for self-care? Oh, I'm going to get my nails done or I've booked a massage or I'm getting my hair cut. And these can all be acts of self-care. But oh my my, that is like the tip of the iceberg. If those are the things that nourish your soul, by all means do them. But please don't stop at that point, please don't think that the only things that sort of constitute self-care are these big acts that take time and money and effort because some of the most powerful self-care are the tiny things and it's the little things that we do for ourselves intentionally and regularly. And I just want to touch on that word intention If we bring a mindset of self-care to so many of the small things that we already do, we can transform the effect they have on us. So for example, you know, a daily shower. We all, okay, most of us shower. I won't, I won't make the assumption we all shower. Most of us shower every day. Yet we just sort of get in there mindlessly, part of a routine. But you can bring a real attitude of sort of self-care to your shower. So for me, one of the things that is on my self-care or light me up list is hot showers at the end of the day. I find them blissful. For me, it's like the warmth that just seeps into my body and washing the day away so that I can get tucked up into bed feeling all clean and delicious really. And so for me, the simple act of a shower, which I was already doing, is an act of self-care because of the mindset and intention I bring to it. So I want you to think about some of the things that you do love that might already you might already be doing, but that you can just bring a different level of awareness to. That leads to asking yourself, what are the things that do light me up? What are the things that make me feel alive? What are the things that I get great joy out of? So in my process of kind of deepening my connection with myself, these questions were vital. I had forgotten the things that made me feel alive. I had forgotten the things that I loved. I had never really sat down and acknowledged them. So as well as being an excellent exercise and identifying the things you can use for self-care activities, this is also a way of deepening your connection with your heart and your soul. These are the things that resonate with you at that deeper level and they're really the things that will lead you back to yourself and your and the authentic version of you that, that often gets layered with a whole heap of responsibilities from the outside world. It's as simple as sort of 
taking a pen and paper and sitting down and giving yourself 15 minutes to just free write all the things that you love. I've got a blog post I've written about it and I've referred to it already in a couple of the other podcast episodes, but I will put a link to it in the show notes for this one. And it will talk you through how you can write that list. And and if you don't have the time to do that now, by all means, save that link to your Pinterest account or something so that you can come back to it. But that is a crucial place to start. You have to know what brings you joy, what lights you up, what nourishes your soul. And we have that knowledge. We can pull that out of ourselves when we give ourselves the space and permission to. So just talking through some of the things that that really bring me alive and light me up and, and speak to my heart. Like I mentioned, hot showers. Oh, such joy. I'm not much of a bath girl, but a hot shower at the end of the day is blissful to me. And when I was recently doing the self-care challenge, which I'll be sure to do again. And if you want to uh, know when I will launch that, probably in another three or four months time, then by all means, go and jump on my mailing list at my website, thrive.how. But when I was doing that, I remembered how much I loved body wash. And this may sound like such a simple thing, but after marrying my husband, I just got out of the habit of using body wash. He used Dove soap in the shower and I just kept sort of, I just started using Dove soap. And I reconnected with how much I just actually love rubbing moisturizing body wash on my body in the shower. So such a simple thing, but I remembered through doing this process how much that does bring me joy and light me up. So now I... Every night in my nighttime shower, I use a delicious body wash. I also love reading self-help books. It's it's my definition of joy. (laughs) The beach, the sand, the smell of the beach. I'm not much of a swimmer, but I, I love that sea air. It's so fresh and sort of restorative to me. Along with that, I love shells. I love flowers. And you'll see that if you follow me on Instagram, um, I always sort of treat myself to flowers. Peppermint tea is another big one for me. Lavender oil, it reminds me of childhood. It's a smell that's really precious to me. My mom had a lot of lavender in her garden. And I used to go around and make little lavender posies that I would then dry upside down. So there's a lot of memory and joy that's associated with lavender for me. Also, meditating really fills me up and restores me in my heart. I feel so good after I take that time to meditate. I've recently found that hot yoga really makes me feel alive as well. I was shocked. I I really, um, what's the word? I really avoided going into hot yoga for so long and then couldn't get over how good I felt after I got used to it. Oh my, my, it's, I feel so good after hot yoga. So those are some of the things that light me up. Some of those might resonate with you, but some of them may just sound either sort of neutral or things that really don't work for you. I mean, another one that I love, which I don't get too much in Houston because it doesn't smell the same, but the, the smell of fresh cut grass and a sunset, those things really uh, nourish my heart, nourish my soul. So link to that blog post that I have got in the show notes after this when you have some time to sit down and really challenge yourself to start to think through some of the things that light you up 
identifying those is a crucial starting point. The flip side to that in terms of honoring yourself and treating self-care like a spiritual practice is also identifying what drains you at a soul level. Now, this one isn't quite as much fun as what lights you up, and it can be a little bit harder to be honest with ourselves about some of these things. But we do know in our heart of hearts what sort of brings us down in the longer term and steals our energy from us. So for example, some of the things that I know aren't that good for me, and don't get me wrong, I'm not perfect around any of these by any means, but I'm aware that they are not in the best interests of restoring my heart and soul. Drinking alcohol, I swear every time I've had a couple of glasses of wine, I feel just a bit anxious and a bit flighty and jumpy the next day. And I know that that just doesn't sit well with restoring me. So it might feel good in the moment. And by all means, I believe in balance. But I need to be honest with myself that if I am going to have a couple of glasses of wine, realistically, that's not necessarily the best thing for me at a a restorative level. The other things that can sometimes be really hard to be accountable around Uh, sort of mindlessly scrolling through social media. Oh my gosh, the time suck that is social media. And TV, the mindless watching of TV. Now you will know if any of those are issues for you and they may well not be. But if they are, I just encourage you to sort of up your awareness around those things. And Be a little bit more mindful about how you're approaching the things that you know don't really revive your spirit. I was speaking with one of my coaching clients this morning and we were laughing about TV and how she is aware that she wants to watch a little bit less TV. I was saying how moving to the States was one of the biggest blessings for me around this because I got here and had no idea what channels to even start to search or look on to find any of the TV programs I may have liked back in New Zealand. So I didn't really pick up any new ones either. I just got into the habit of not watching TV. So as I changed my moving sorry, as I moved to a new country, my habit around TV watching changed dramatically, which has been such a blessing because I now really only watch two programs, which are Grey's Anatomy and Super Soul Sunday by Oprah. And both of those are on my DVR and I watch them very intentionally. When I want to sit down and watch them, I watch them and they revive and restore me because I'm really showing up in an intentional space. I'm not mindlessly wasting my time. And we we talked a little bit about that and the the benefit of being really mindful and how you watch TV. I was recently reading a post, I think, from, I might have been listening to an interview by Glennon Doyle Melton and, and she's the super big mummy blogger and the woman behind Momistry. So she recently released a new book and she was talking about how she often gets asked the question, how on earth 
did you create a blog like you did while being a stay-at-home mom and raising three kids? And she said her simple answer was, I stopped watching TV, which to me, like she said, that people often expect it to be something mind-blowing of how she possibly found this time. And she said she just stopped. And she talked about how she would off, she used to stay up late and mindlessly sort of eat up her evening, but she chose to go to bed earlier at night and then wake up early in the mornings so she could be up before her kids and get a couple of, oh, an hour at least of writing in every morning. And so she said that often people had expected her to have some big answer for how she'd managed to balance it. But she said when it came down to it, it simply was as big a deal as just giving up TV. So the next crucial point around self-care is a spiritual practice. And the thing that I believe undermines most people when they come to thinking about starting a self-care routine or getting better at self-care is that we don't feel deep down like we're deserving of this kind of attention or giving this kind of attention to ourselves. We feel guilty for doing so. Women, in my opinion, have been taught to be martyrs. We've been given praise for putting ourselves at the bottom of the heap and worrying about everyone else except ourselves. It's often the women that do look after themselves that you know, you hear the the real martyring type women putting down, look, do you, can you believe that she's going to go and do that and look after herself? Can you believe that she's gets her hair done every six weeks or whatever it might be? And I believe that attitude absolutely has to change. We need to deep down believe that we need this, And that this is an investment in our well-being that will make us a better person, a better mother, a better wife, a better girlfriend, a better employee, whatever it might be. But that self-care is like putting money in our well-being bank accounts that will then make us better in every other part of our lives. And this is a crucial idea to really integrate. And if you don't take anything else away from this podcast episode, that is the only thing I want to sink in, is getting your head around the fact that this is like an investment in a bank account and that you will be a better mother, a better employee, a better wife, a better friend, a happier human, by investing in your own self-care. Nobody likes to get you at the bottom of the barrel. Our energy matters and it affects the world we interact with. If we show up and we are full of life and we are happy and we are feeling good in our hearts and in ourselves, if we show up to a situation and that kind of sort of vibing state, you'll be so amazed at how the world seems to respond in kind. When you are happy, you seem to get happier interactions with people. I mean, it's not rocket science. 
when you wake up grouchy or start the day off poorly, it seems to go that way for the rest of the day. You know, like start off the day yelling at your kids, your kids get grumpier, you get grumpier. It's like a downward spiral that you get caught in. And it's the same, you know, wake up in the morning, snap at your partner, partner snaps back at you. And all of a sudden you've sort of started off on the wrong foot. You can do the opposite to that. If you're feeling like you are full, your well is full, then you can give from the overflow. So you turn up, you'll be more patient, more kind, more forgiving, more tolerant and generous. That is what self-care looks like. When you give to yourself first, you have more to give to everybody else. And I think as a group, we really need to integrate that idea and own it, believe it. So if you think you're still struggling with the guilt around looking after yourself and really still struggling to believe that that's the truth, then I want you to focus on just that. Believing that you will be a better mother, wife, friend by taking the time to honor yourself. Giving from our overflow is good for everyone. Like I said, no one likes getting the scraps from the bottom of the barrel. Even our cars don't like it when they get the very last little bits of petrol that have got the sediment and the gunk in it that's been sitting in the bottom of our gas tank. Nobody, there's the bottom of the barrel is not where you want to be taking from. <sighs> so much information about self-care being a spiritual practice and how I really do see it as us nourishing our souls and how important that is. So just as a little summary, I talked about the reason I see it as a spiritual practice being that it is about honoring the part in us that is eternal, the part of us that we can't see, the non-physical part of us. And that is why self-care to me is a spiritual act. It's not necessarily pampering. It can be, but it's so much deeper than that. Self-care is about being intentional and filling our wells back up. It is about being aware of the little things we do with ourselves or for ourselves that make us feel alive. And it is about carving out the space for those little things and being dedicated to doing them. Part of that is acknowledging what those things are that light you up. What are the big things and what are the little things? What are the tiny things you can do each and every day? And what are the big things that you might look forward to? The big things might be a holiday in a beach somewhere. Like for me, beaches just bring me alive. And so it's incredibly restorative for me to go and have a beach holiday somewhere. But I can't do that daily. And the small things that bring me alive are peppermint teas and meditating and body wash in my shower. They're not huge things and they don't need to cost big amounts of money. So write your light you up list. The post is linked in uh, the show notes that will help you do that. But that's a crucial starting point. 
identifying what it is that does make you feel good, what it is that does make you feel alive, what does nourish you. Then on the flip side, like I mentioned, be honest about what trains you. Just be honest with yourself about that. And finally, change your mindset around this. It's not selfish to take care of yourself. In fact, if you want to be the best person you can be for those you love, this is doing them a favor. This is investing in yourself so that you can give the best of yourself to those you love. You, I know I'm a better mother when I have taken the time to nourish myself and I'm not giving from the bottom of my barrel. So own that, integrate that thought. Like I said, if nothing else comes out of this podcast, that is the point you need to take away, that it is not selfish to take care of yourself. It is a necessity. So as a little takeaway, and if you're driving in the car, I listen to my podcast when I'm driving in the car, don't close your eyes, but put your hand on your heart right now. Take a deep breath and ask yourself, what is my soul craving right now? What is my soul craving right now? I'll be back next week with another episode that moves in this soul-based spiritual way. And that is an interview with Rebecca Campbell. It's a good one. She is a personal mentor of mine and the best-selling author of one of my favorite books called Light is the New Black. She also actually believes in, in writing lists of things that bring you alive. So I was really excited when I saw she too has found that it is a beautiful path to come back to ourselves and really connect with our essence. So she shares my view on this, but she's also written a new book called Rise, Sister, Rise. And we're talking about both Light is the New Black and Rise, Sister, Rise next week in our discussion. So pop back here for that. It is a great one. And in the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with me or learn more about me, don't hesitate to reach out or head over to my website, www.thrive.how, H-O-W. And I'll be back again next Friday. Bye. Thanks for listening to Here to Thrive. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love if you could go into iTunes and subscribe and leave a review. I'll be back again next week with more tips on how to live a happier life. See you then.